Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I love this church. I love this church because we, we ain't hiding and, and, and just waiting for things to get better. We are better. Hey, there's complications, there's pressures. This is what life throws at you. We can't wait for perfect to be able to do what we're called to do. I mean, if we do that, we might as well all go home right now because there ain't perfect happening. Perfect happened, and that's why we're, we're, we're celebrating today. The perfect one rose again, amen? We're just following his truth, his, his will, his desires. And so let's, let's recognize the responsibility we have. We come together, we come online, we watch this for a specific purpose. And that purpose, hopefully, is to get something from this word that will bring transformation. It'll change you, it'll challenge you, it'll impact you, it'll influence you. I, it, listen, I believe that the reason why we're still here and breathing is God's got a plan for you right now. And that plan will still be there and it'll constantly be there and it'll be tugging at you as long as you're here. You can run from it, hide from it, you know, put a wall up against it or or deny it, but it doesn't matter. It's like God's love. Yeah, you don't deserve it. None of us do, but it doesn't matter. He still loves you. Yeah, but I'm I'm unlovely. I believe that. But, and that's the problem, I'm telling you right now, it is a major issue of of Christians throughout the world because they don't get hold of this truth, this information, which Jesus literally revealed to us all. He created pictures and information that could show us That illogical love in action. And I believe we're going to be able to recognize the difference of our logical perceptions and his illogical ways. And we're going to come to a whole different perception in our viewpoint. Amen? A whole different perception. Logic. The science. Now listen to this. Pay attention to this because I'm going to give you some information that contradicts people that go, I'm logical. Okay, you ready for this? Because I don't know how many times, I can't count how many times, including myself at one point, where I said, I've said, or I've heard the statement, I'm just a logical person. I, I, I operate by logic. In other words, your weird ways and weird knowledge don't work with me because I'm logical. And that's what we do, right? Now listen to this, logic, the science that investigates the principles governing correct correct and reliable inference, okay? That's what logic means. The example of logical thinking. Now this is is a statement that, that gives us the picture of someone that literally is operating in the correct principles. Everybody say correct principles of logical thinking, not in a statement of I'm logical. No, the correct principles, actions of what true logic in the process operates. 
Logical thinking involves progressive analysis. For example, by weighing all available options, using facts and figures, and making important decisions based on pros and cons. Look at this. There's science of this whole thing that's an operation of, I've got to get all information possible before I make a determination. I'm just saying, this is the facts of it. They do not take into account the elements of emotion. Are you hearing me? In this process, they do not take into account emotions or feelings. Dude, I can tell you about, I mean, dudettes, dudes. I can tell you right now, every person I've heard that throws down I'm logical has all their feelings tied to their information that requires them to state I'm logical. Their feelings and emotions are completely tied to it. And if you see anybody operating with any type of, I believe in this, and this is a logical belief, they got all kinds of feelings tied to it. Because if you go against it or you fight it, they're going to scream, cry, throw a fit, get angry and mad. Because you don't believe the logic. Well, if it's logic, then there's no issue. Do you scream and cry and throw a fit because you say one plus one equals two and someone goes, no, they don't. Yes, it does. It does. One plus one equals two. No, you don't. You go, well, whatever. You're dumb. But see, that's a logical person. Illogical people are going to fight for the right to think dumb and say it's logic. And I want us all to understand that we all are logical people. And I'm not trying to alienate or separate anyone. I'm saying y'all, us, we all use logic. I'm gonna, I, I, the proof is us. We do a lot of things based upon we assume or feel this is a logical action. This is a logical process. And so we do what we believe is logical. I do logical things. You do logical things. All through my Christian walk, I can see areas where I interrupted this life because logic was getting in the way. I'm going to prove it. But what I need you to understand is, is this is something you can understand. I'm not trying to hide it or try to uh, put it in a position where this person's that way and everybody else is not. No, we all have this issue. But some more than others. Amen. And I guarantee you, you bumped into people or talked to people that they don't want to hear what you say about the relationship or Jesus or faith because they're logical thinkers. But I say through definition, it's not a true statement at all. They are establishing logic through the facts and information that they've received from someone else through what they believed what they felt, what their opinions were, and they chose to accept it. We all do this. But always understand that base foundation of what you believe has been from someone else. No, it isn't. It's only mine. No, it isn't. You were brought on this earth, obeying and following the instruction from everybody but you. And the moment you came to that place of, I'm a teen, I know everything, you already had all the information in from everybody else, mainly your friends. You got one friend that hates his mom. Now you hate your mom. Because I'm, I'm my own thinker. No, you ain't. No, you ain't. 
Are you hearing me? All right, so let's get this ball rolling because I'm excited about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. The message of the cross is foolish. And this Greek word literally means illogical, stupid. We actually get the word moron from it. All right? Now think about this. The message, I want you to hear what the Bible says. The message of the cross, the message of Jesus winning, going to the cross and dying for the world is illogical. The cross is illogical. Don't you sit there in your righteous, righteous attitude and go, no, it ain't. Yes, it is. Look at your life. And then think of Jesus going to the cross looking at you. You're going to go, no, that's not logical. That's not logical as you get a gun and shoot me. Logical is you, 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 you throw me in prison. Logical is you beat me. Logical is you stand off the cross and put me on it. Just because I deserve to die on that. That's logical. Come on, somebody. The message of the cross is foolish, illogical to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. The what? The cross is the very power of God. Listen to me, people. Listen to me out there. The message of the cross is the power of God. The statement is amazing because what is the cross? The cross is Jesus, sinless, perfect, was crucified on it for us to take our sins, to take the curse that belongs to us. Well, how is that powerful? That All that knowledge and understanding of the cross is what creates the power in me. That knowledge creates power within me. That knowledge of the cross, not I wear a crucifix around my neck, it protects me. No. Not seeing Jesus with crown of thorns hanging on my kitchen wall. No, the knowledge of the cross is the very power of God. As scripture says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debaters? Where does it leave them? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish, illogical. Foolish and illogical. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human logic, human wisdom. Come on. Follow the words. The world cannot know God through human knowledge. You're talking to people trying to get them to Jesus. You're talking human. Are you trying to give them information that they can't get hold of? You're trying to give your experience, your emotions. They can't get hold of. What they need is a story about you, not your story about them. The story about you, what happened to you, what is impacted you. It's your life, which means it's your story. You don't have to memorize nothing. You don't have to read anything. 
You don't have to have a cheat sheet. Oh, let me see. It's about me. I don't remember. No. Come on. Are you guys hearing me? This preaching, this wisdom that can be never known through human wisdom, God has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. The foolishness of this information. Foolishness meaning it doesn't line up to logic. How many times as a, as a follower of Jesus, through your receiving Jesus and, and the years or days or months that pass by, you hear a message, you hear a teaching, you're like going, that doesn't make sense. Give and it shall be given. Who's going to give it to me? I'm giving it to the church. How's it going to be given back? Tithe. Stand in faith. Believe God. Do this. Do that. And all these different things, without knowledge and understanding, you sit there and logic them to death. Do we not? Have you not? I have. Oh, so many times I'm embarrassed to even talk about it. But it's real. Amen? It's real. He says this. So when we preach, oh, oh, it is foolish, illogical to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. It is illogical to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified... The Jews are offended. The Gentiles say, it's all nonsense. Look at look what the Bible's teaching. It's saying, listen, when you start talking about this stuff to people that aren't connected, they can't get it. You don't, listen, please hear me. Especially if you've been, you know, in church a long time and you get around a brand new believer Try to stay away from them for a while just because you're going to screw them over. <laughs> I'm just saying, we, out of a good heart, we can really mess people up because we communicate our beliefs rather than what truth is. I mean, I'd rather, you know, go to them and say one plus one equals two, and they're going, yeah, that's right. All right, good. We got it going now. And nothing's getting messed up. It's when you start putting in your information. And your information usually is tied to your feelings, what you're going through. Because I can tell you right now, if you're on top of the world and God is good and you're coming to church all the time, guarantee your message is, is going to be good. But then, you know, you, you, you went with that friend, you went clubbing and, and all week long, you know, you've been listening to wrong things. And now, now what are you going to testify? Now how are you going to minister? I can tell you ain't going to be the same when you're going, hallelujah, Jesus is Lord. And now you, you were doing this. Satan is awesome. And now the communication over here is, is so good. And over here now it's, you know, I know God loves you, but you better watch out. You better not cry. You better be good because I'm telling you why. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. Why? Because your truth is now sifted through your guilt and condemnation. And that's why the church is so screwed up. Because we don't know this illogical love. And it's about time we get to know it. About time, amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 says this. These things we also speak, not in words which men's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, God's... Spirit teaches our spirit. 
But the natural man, the natural man is the one that has not been spiritually born again. The natural man, the natural man that we all have of our past training without the information of Jesus, the natural man, the natural woman, all right? Y'all with me? All right. That natural part of us does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are illogical to him. Foolish, illogical. The natural man. I got a natural man going on right now. I am born again. I'm a follower of Jesus. I get up every morning. I make a choice to set this natural man to the side and put the spiritual man in front. And that spiritual man, the only way he walks in front is by me going, yep, got to do the right thing, say the right thing, act the right way. Me making a choice. That's what creates that spiritual man. Not me going, oh, watch, I'll pray in tongues and float in air for a week. That's not spiritual. That's wacko. That's goofy charisma. That's garbage. And I'm not saying anything negative about spiritual gifts. Nothing about Tongues, nothing about prophecy. All those are scriptural in the Bible. It's when we get hold of those things to try to make people define us by, look at me. See, when I praise, I can do praise. Angel type waving. Because I'm super spiritual. You can't do this. You know, we laugh at this, but I'm telling you, you don't know how many leaders and how many people define themselves by their goofy actions. Because they know you ain't with them 24-7. So they can. Do you feel the Holy Spirit? Do you feel him? I've been in ministry too long. There's so many stories I can tell you. I can tell you so many crazy stories. It's foolish. It's illogical. Nor can they know them. That's what's so interesting to me. The natural man can't know. It can't come to the understanding. Why? Because they're spiritually discerned. I love this. This this scripture really is majorly impacting when I broke down the original Greek language to it, just to, there's certain, certain things that I get into and I go, there's, got, there's more to this. This word isn't covering it, though it's a good word. When, when the translation, the translation says this, look at this. It says, they can't, the natural man can't receive the things of God because they are spiritually discerned, spiritually understood. And I, that's, that's cool. But when you break down the word discern, it goes to a whole different level because it's not just understanding. It literally, this is what it means. It's anacrino. It's a compound word, anacrino. And it literally means to intense repetition. Anos, intense repetition. Chrono is to judge something as a legal position as a judge. To investigate to research. And I find that so awesome because what this is literally saying is, is when this spiritual stuff comes, it's not me going, oh, I don't get it, but I got it. What? 
I mean, that's the way most Christians live their, quote, life. And God in his word is trying to say, oh, no, no, no. I want you to know this. When this spiritual understanding is going past you into your heart, you have the ability to look, investigate, and judge it. It's like going, oh, yeah, this is right. Oh, oh wait a minute. The facts are there. Oh, my gosh, there's, this has happened, and this is, this is true. What am I doing? I'm doing a logical thinking. And God's establishing that when it comes to his word, when it comes to his truth, you have the ability to discern it in a way where, oh, I got this. I got this. And that's how you win in life. Not by, I think so. I think so. No, when you're able to go, oh, no, I got this. See, I want you to, I got this when it comes to this love. Because until it happens Someone else is going to get you. And I'm not trying to say the boogeyman's going to get you. Satan's going to come to your house tonight. No. Other people, other opinions, other beliefs, the enemy, evil. Because everything is trying to get you to believe what they believe. God just saying, here's the truth. Do you want this? He's not going to make you. He's not going to force you. He's going to lay it out there. The problem why many people are not getting hold of it is because most of this truth is under tons of religious opinions. And these religious opinions have to be dug through to really get down into, oh, wait a minute. There's one plus one equals two. It's right there but I had to get through all the legalism and all the rules and all the regulations and all the stuff that we want to place on top of God loves me, period. And this is what's going to help. We're going to come to this place. God's word, his ways are illogical. I mean, that's real. That's straight up. True. There's nothing wrong with that. Because he's trying to tell you it's not about your logic. It's about truth. You understand that? It's like gravity. Gravity's real. I jump off this. I'm not going to keep going straight. I'm going straight down. There's only a reason why. You all know that because of gravity, right? Yeah, we might think, well, because you're heavier than there, you're going to fall. That's the, the concept. But the truth is there's gravity that creates that. Take away gravity, and it doesn't matter how heavy you am. We're going to float. We're all floating, right? Okay, so gravity works. Now, I might not understand it. I might not even know how to spell it. But gravity don't care. So when I walk off this thing, gravity is going to go, oh, you don't believe in me? Okay, we'll let you float. No, gravity is going to go, no, boom. That's it, boom, you're down. But see, truth is the same way. If you believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Truth is truth. See, a lot of you have beliefs and, and, and truths you believe is true, but they're not. And that's why there's no foundation. That's why life is a mess. It's when you come to that place of security in ultimate truth, not feeling truth, opinion truth. Truth. That's what we want, right? That's what we really want. 
I mean, think about it. When it comes down to illogical love and logical love, logical love is, as you hate me, I hate you. I like that. That's one of those areas where I'm like, God, let's, let's, let's work out this love thing in, the, in a better way for me. Love me for everything and love me unconditionally, but let me love my way. Wow. Right? In, y'all, oh, you are very religious, spiritual in here. Isn't this all how we want it? Yes. We want to hate those that hate us. Yes. We don't want to do good to those who despisely use you that hate you. No, we don't want it. I mean, Jesus even says this way. He goes, love those who love you. Logical. Do good to those who do good to you. Logical. Loan to those that only can repay you. Logical. That's what he said. That's logical. Logical. He goes, but we're doing a different life. We're going to operate on the illogical love. But I want you to understand, and this is what he, I want you to understand, this is logical. And I don't know about you, but I tend to like the logical part sometimes. Don't you? As long as it's not really pertains to me, but, you know, in a way where I can use it as a, you know, a club toward, you know, people that I want to feel the, the wrath of truth. Are you guys getting this? I mean, come on, we're all like this. We want payback, not on us, but other people. Right? None of us get them go, oh, I deserve payback. Give me some payback. But we'd be doing, no, they need payback. They need payback for what they did. Get them, God. But y'all guilty and doing something wrong? You ain't saying that. God, get me. I need payback. You ain't saying that way. No, you're not. Amen. I think about this and I go, celebrate resurrection. Think about it. Celebrating resurrection. Jesus goes to the cross. Serious, ugly. When we look at scripture, and I, I understand the, that we're hesitant to be real on this area of the cross in the the brutalness of it. But these guys weren't playing games. They weren't holding things back. I know the passion of the Christ shows us a real gory picture, but I can be honest with you scripturally that it still was G-rated on what they did compared to what the Bible says. The Bible literally says that he is, he is so ripped apart that he's unrecognizable as a person. I mean, that, you, you got to be pretty destroyed. But that's what happened. And it was a brutal, brutal destructive act upon him. So he's on the cross and he dies. He's buried. And the third day he rises again. And we're celebrating the resurrection. 
Hallelujah. Now what defines the resurrection? Jesus rising again and then showing up. I rose again. To what? Showing up to what? That's I'm, I'm just asking a question. What did the great Lord Jesus that did not sin, that was innocent as innocent can be, went to the cross, was brutally beaten, destroyed before he even got on there, dies, rises again to what? Because I can read the scripture and I can tell you to what? Not to a group of 12 heart-loving, believing disciples that followed every word he said. And on the third day, they were all standing there waiting because they heard the word, believed the word, and were ready to go in the ministry that the Lord was sending them to. No, they left him. They all left him. The Bible says that Jesus said, y'all, y'all are going, y'all are going to run. The crowd that screamed, crucify him, crucify him. I guarantee you there's some in there that were healed by him. Guarantee you there were some that had relatives, family members that were healed by him. The scripture makes it very clear that if all the works of Jesus were able to be written down, there would be a not enough books to contain them. We read scripture after scripture of miracles. We read where he said he healed them all, all through that three and a half year window of the Lord Jesus operating in his ministry. We don't hear anything of what really happened. Guarantee you, there were a bunch of people up there that not only saw it, but experienced a life-changing impact from Jesus that were standing there saying, crucify him. Think about it. What is his resurrection? What did he come to? Oh, come to what? Go walking, finding where his disciples were, hiding, Peter, James, Peter, Thomas, and Nathaniel out fishing again. They didn't think, hey, the bass are spawning. Let's go fishing. No, they went back to what they were doing before Jesus called them. What did he come back to? A mess of unbelief, of doubt. Fear, anxiety, confusion. But he came back. See, let's don't patty cake this. Let's don't blow this beautiful sunshine in the picture that there is no sunshine. He came back to darkness. There wasn't a parade. The parade was before all this. Think about it. Think about it. Hmm. Peter is a beautiful example of someone that is acting out of a logical action through what he's experienced. 
We don't want it to be this way because we want to see that there was a good foundation built in three and a half years with Jesus. See, we want it because that's our, that's our desire. We want that you walk this Christian walk and you become a powerhouse. That you're able to overcome everything. We, we want to hear that story. Why do we? That's all I'm asking is, and it's a rhetorical question, but why do we want that? Because what happens in reality is, is you have a Peter that not only was, I mean, one of his right-hand men, I mean, tight with Jesus. He experienced more than the other, the other group. Just right there in, in the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He had God speak wisdom to him and spoke it out. And Jesus said, God revealed this to you. I mean, some awesome things. The dude walked on water. Bam, there you go. That's awesome. I mean, walking on water, you'd think, oh, I'll live for Jesus forever. Just let me walk on water. Next fishing trip, God, you let me walk on Lake Pleasant. Let me walk out there. I will serve you with my heart. That's what we want. That's what we want. And we say, God, if you give me this miracle, I'll win the world. Come on, somebody. You, we're talking all this. We want this. Peter sitting outside the courtyard. A servant girl. This is when Jesus is being judged by the Romans through the Jewish leadership, religious leadership's desires. A servant good came over, girl came over to uh, Peter and said to him, you're one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Huh? What? Peter? He gets out, walks out, gets out of there. He's scared. Later, out by the gate, he gets further away. Another servant good girl notices him and said to those standing around, hey, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, Peter denied. This time he said, I swear, I swear, I don't know him. I don't know the guy. Peter? Champion Peter? Walking on water, Peter? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, Peter? That Peter, the perfect Peter, the, the Peter that's at church all the time and he's memorizing scripture and he knows the word of God. I don't know him. I swear, I swear to God, which I believe in, but I don't believe in Jesus. I swear. A little later, some of other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. Y'all, I don't have no accent, y'all. I know what you're talking about. What you talking about? And look what he does. This is awesome. Not awesome, but it's awesome in the picture of Peter. He began to curse and swear. 
The Greek language is this. He began speaking with hatred and disgust to swearing an oath. And he does it saying this. I don't know the man. Not Jesus. Not the Lord. Not I will die for you, Lord. The man. With cuss words, swearing, getting down and dirty to say, I wasn't one of them. Huh. Why do we look at Peter and go, we want you up here, dude. We want you super spiritual man. And then we want to believe that's what we're supposed to do. But we end up doing Peter, the real Peter. And we, we're embarrassed. We feel guilt, condemnation. And then we judge ourselves in the most ridiculous way because our belief system was messed up. So now it goes from I was loving Jesus to where now I'm so far away from him and I don't feel him and I don't experience him and I'm, I'm just so dirty and so nasty. And we eliminate everything about truth of God and who he is. What we understood before when we watched him forgive, when he watched him touch the untouchable, when he watched him hang around people where literally the the legal religious people that judge everyone based upon what they establish as scriptural truth would look to Jesus and say, how dare him eat with tax collectors and sinners? How dare he do that? They hated it because Jesus was doing that. In that time, in today's time, but a tax collector was hated with every group. Not some groups, every group. The Greeks, the Romans, the Jews, every group hated tax collectors. It's not because they came and say, tax time. It's because the, the type of people they were and what they did for the sake of money. People would be murdered, killed, destroyed because of a tax collector's words. So they hate, everybody hated him. And here you have Jesus, he's eating lunch with them. And he's not, he's not going, oh, you evil, disgusting people, pass us salt. No, he's actually showing compassion and love, smiling. The sinners were considered the filth of the lot. These people didn't follow God and they didn't believe in the Messiah. That's what, that's what caused them to be so disgusted to people. And Jesus is eating with them, hanging out. And they couldn't stand it. See, we create our logic through 
how we were raised, what we've gone through in life. And all of a sudden, our logic is how we base decisions and make our choices. And we think it's logical to think this way. It's logical to be this way. But the truth is, is it's so farthest, farthest from the truth of being a logical person. But in all honesty, the Bible says it ain't going to get you to where you need to go. You got to get to this illogical place, this illogical place. And ultimately, we see a Peter that, you know, he's off doing his own thing. And Jesus is like going, I'm resurrected, man. I'm alive. Let's get this thing going. We know the rest of the stories. But let's, let's get a little more in depth about this logic area. When I look at the scripture, I'm going to pay close attention to the scripture. What is the word of God showing me? Look at it, not for the purpose of reading it so that I can say, I read the Bible today. But to read it for the purpose of getting information that will change my life. And when you go at it in that mindset, you're going to get information that will change your life. The only thing is, is we've got to be very cautious and careful not to try to input or influence what's being said to what we feel or believe. Like I said, I've had to battle many times logical thinking when I'm reading God's word. Many times. I've been doing this a long time now. And so I have a track record of knowing what it feels like to try to battle scripture with what I was feeling. Ultimately, what am I going to do? Well, with me, my heart's going to win out and it's going to submit to that information, even though in my head I'm going, oh, but it's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. But my heart would ultimately get to the place where it's, but it's truth. And since it's truth, you've got to run with it. So I'm reading the scripture and it's scripture I should be reading. The cross, it's a crucifixion. And I'm reading about Jesus being crucified and getting the pictures of all how terrible it is. And, and all of a sudden, I, two thieves, two criminals are crucified with him. So this ain't no clean crucifixion. This, now it's got a little even dirtier because you got Jesus being crucified and you got two nasty guys with him. You'd think, you know, it'd be like he'd have his own private room. He's Jesus, you know. It's special. Wait a minute, but they didn't see it special. Oh, my gosh, it was nasty, filthy. Oh, wait a minute, here we got the crucifixion going on. And, and they're not all just, you know, a crowd's got to be pushed back because they're trying to get them off the cross because, you know, the literally tens of thousands that were healed, restored, set free are rushing the cross. They're trying to get to them and knock, knock down the whole Roman army. No, that's not happening either. No. We have a, a crazy scene going on where soldiers are laughing and, 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 and screwing with these people on the cross, where the religious are sneering and laughing at them, and everybody's just looking at them going, what a loser you are. You're saying you're the son of God. Look at you. Look at you. You ain't nothing. 
to ultimately both of the criminals stood there on that cross dying with Jesus. Not up on the cross for, you know, a summer walk. On the cross just for, you know, hey, we're going to hang here and we'll get on in a little bit and, you know, we'll be able to get out of jail. No, they're dying. They're dying. And they start going, yeah, Jesus, what's up with you? How come you don't come down off the cross? You're the Messiah, Saviors. The guys are dying too. And they talking trash. That's the number one trash talker in the world. You literally are dying, crucified, and you're going, what's up with you, Jesus? Come down. Throw the hook shot, boy. Sad. Ultimately, Jesus looks out at all this filth and goes, Father, forgive them. Illogical statement, for they know not what they do. Logical statement, forgive them. Illogical statement. Logical statement, Father, Get me off this cross and kill everybody here. Kill, wipe them all out. As a matter of fact, heal me now. And I'm going to go one-on-one, each one. And I'll rip, them, I'll rip them limb to limb. And I'll go keep going. And I won't even stop. You think Elijah was able to be fed by, by angels' food for 40 days and 40 nights? I won't need any food. I'll wipe the whole world out. No, there won't be a flood. You promise no flood. I'll burn the place down. (laughs) Logical. But there's no logic here. There's God. Illogical love. The thief on the cross, one of them hears that and he's freaking out because y'all know they heard about Jesus. And all of a sudden he's going, oh, this is not right. This is wrong. And his buddy over here dying sits there and starts throwing out just trash talk to Jesus. And then this guy wakes up and goes, stop it. Stop it. We deserve this. This guy doesn't deserve this. This guy doesn't deserve this. Stop it. Lord, remember me when you enter your kingdom. No. Don't blow by this truth. Because this is where the Christian faith has screwed up tremendously. Because Jesus turns to him and says, have you got a new believers class? (laughs) Are you filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking on tongues? Have you been water baptized by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or Jesus only? No, because they're idiots. Religion is disgusting and satanic. He doesn't say, let me see the list of how you've repented. Let me give you some time to show that what you're saying you really meant from your heart and you've really turned from your sins. No, the guy is dying. He has no more chances. And the only thing he said was, Jesus, remember me. Not, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No, 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 no. No. But what do we do? 
What do we do? We create this fake information. We create these rules and regulations. And we ultimately, by our beliefs and foundations, say that guy on the cross went to hell. And Jesus is a liar. No, we don't say that. We don't want to. But everything that we teach says, Jesus, you're a liar. Oh, I'm, I'm brave enough to say it. I'm brave enough to talk this way. Because I ain't playing your religious god-awful games. Not at Love Life. We don't play that game. Those other churches out there do. Oh, they love you. You tithe and be all that. They love you, love you, love you. And even y'all screwed up, but ultimately they'll judge you and say, hey, you're not perfect like me. You need to repent. You're sinful. You're no good. You're this or that. And you're about ready to get kicked out of heaven. Oh, they love that talk until it's them. I ain't playing that game. I'm playing truth. Truth. Because see, we have the other picture where Jesus had to throw down with the Pharisees and scribes after he talked about the lady that lost the coin, the shepherd that lost one sheep, and what they did to go find that one coin and that one sheep. And now he throws down with the prodigal son. The Bible says that this young boy in his home went to his dad. And by the way, neos is used for young man, and that means he had to be 14, 15, 16, 13, in the teenage. Now think about this. He goes up to his dad and says, I don't think you're going to live much longer. To his pops, you look pretty old. And, you know, I heard you coughing a little too much this morning. So can you give me my inheritance? Can you believe there are literally, truthfully, there are kids and families with that attitude? Filthy. And so what does this kid do? He says, I, you're going to die. Give me some inheritance. Give me your money. And the father, wait a minute, who's telling the story? Jesus. What's the story about? Illogical love. Illogical love. All of a sudden, we have the father going, all right, here, here, take your inheritance. Love you, boy. And the Bible says he takes off. Spends it on whores, gambling. I would say heroin and coke, but it probably wouldn't happen then. But this guy was wasting it on evil living. Truth. Wasting it all. When he ran out of money, all the people he spent the money on all came to his rescue because that's how the world is. You, man, you, you took us a store and bought us everything. Yo, we're, we're part of your posse. And all of a sudden you go broke. Where's your posse now? They loved you so much. Huh? We'll die for you, bro. Oh, and the money's gone. Now what's happening? You don't have no friends. And that guy wakes up, and there's no friends. And no one would come to his aid. He's starving. Finally, he sees pigs getting fed and thinks, well, they're eating. Let me go get some of that slop. And he starts eating garbage. 
This guy's whacked out of his head. He deserves it. Y'all know that. We ain't arguing the point. Logically, he deserves it, the punk. Talking that with your dad, taking the money and then doing it, spending it all, and now you're in the place you are. Yeah, there you go, fool. But what happens? He sits there and goes, you know what? My house, the servants, they get fed. They get a place to sleep. I'm sleeping in pig poop, eating pig food. Anybody having pork this night? <laughs> and what happens? He says, if I can go back to my dad, I'll beg him to let me, I'll be one of the servants. I'll, 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 I'll just, just let me be one of the servants. Forgive me, forgive me. I screwed up, I screwed up, but just, I'll just be a servant. And so he goes, he goes, I just got to get to my dad. And, and logically, logically processing this, all I'll have to do is I, I, I'll just be a servant. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a son. I'm not part of you anymore. I'll just serve you. I'll eat, I'll eat some, you know, servant bread and, and servant bacon and servant whatever and, and wear servant clothes. I don't care. I don't care. It's better what I am right now. And he says, I'll just go to him, I'll beg him, I'll beg him. And he starts walking back. This is a story Jesus is saying. It's about illogical love. And what happens? He, he, the Bible says that he starts coming, rolling in. Y'all know he ain't rolling in like, hey, what's up, Papa? I'm back home, yo. That ain't happening. That ain't happening. This is a guy under condemnation, under guilt. He's guilty of sin. He ain't walking all, all cool. He's probably challenged himself every way going, no, nah, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, go, go, go. It's, you're going to die out there with the pigs. Oh, God, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. I got to go. I have no more hope. Jesus throws out the illogical picture that none of us really want to see, but we want to see. And it says the father sees him far away. The father sees him far away. Not close up, repented, begging for grace and mercy and, and showing forth how he's turned from his wicked ways. Now the father sees him in guilt, condemnation, in the stench of sin, far away, where he's still dealing with the evil thoughts, the lustful thoughts, far away where he's still dealing with what life he was living. And is this going to work or not? And is God going to forgive me or not? No, the Father sees him in the distant part. The distant part, we're not all cleaned up yet. We're getting there. We don't even know if we're going to make it. We might even turn right now. And the Father sees at the distant point and does what? Moves with compassion. Moves with To who? He hasn't repented. He hasn't gone around making amends. No, he moves with the compassion and runs to his son. It's illogical. That don't make sense. Unless you're going to beat him. You're going to kick him out. He's going to go, oh, no, no. Don't you cross this line. You've left 
I gave you everything. You wasted it. Don't be coming back here. I saved you. Gave you a church to go to and all you messed up your walk. You don't read the Bible. You don't pray no more. Don't you come back here. Oh, we want to hear that unless it's us. We love the logical thinking unless it's us. And that illogical love is screaming out from the words of the Lord Jesus. And he's saying the father ran to him and grabbed hold of him and said, my son who was dead is now lost, who was lost and dead is now found. He's alive. He said, bring me the ring. I'll put my family ring back on him. And let's celebrate that he's here now. Wait a minute. It didn't work out that specific way because a son in the midst of him going, I'll be a servant. I won't, I won't expect anything from you. I'll live like a dog. I, I deserve everything. I deserve everything. You throw me in the midst. Just feed me crumbs. I don't care. I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. And the father ain't even listening to him. But we believe he's listening to us when we're begging and crying and saying we're dirty and we're filthy and we don't deserve nothing. And if you could just find it in your graces to allow me to at least come to church once a week. I don't need to serve or be a part. I don't need to do anything. I'll just, I'll just, just let me barely get into the pearly gates of heaven. God ain't listening to you. The moment you said, I go to my father. He ain't listening to your logic. He could care less about your logic. It was the attitude of, if I go to my father, if I go to my father, that's what connected the father to the son. And the moment far away that the father saw his son, he did the illogical. This is the Jesus whom we serve. This is the God who we proclaim as God. Illogical. Think about him. Illogical. But it's true. You don't deserve it. We don't deserve what he did. Understand this. We don't deserve any of this. But it ain't about what we think. It's about what he says. Don't you understand? It's not logical. It's not logical. It's illogical. But that's his love. And I'm telling you right now, until you get hold of this illogical love and just just recognize the responsibility you have just to believe him. So many years I had to deal with this love. So many years I had to deal with truths. I had to go through the process of battling and fighting for my natural man's tendencies. So many years struggling guilt and condemnation. So many years going through the process of does he love me or does he not love me? Am I going to make it to heaven or am I not going to make it to heaven? 
See, logic interfered with it, not truth. Truth reveals a picture of a prodigal son. You don't deserve to get to the father's house. A, a criminal that deserves death and was dying does not deserve to go to heaven, but he did. All the rules and regulations that we lay out to be saved are thrown out the window. Religions lied and robbed to us, robbed us of truth, illogical. But by believing this love, accepting this, these truths in here, and allowing your spirit and God's spirit to bring knowledge and understanding, overcoming the battlefield of the mind, overcoming the, the warfare of, of, I don't know, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can believe it, and just trusting His Word, believing in illogical love, God, illogical, and until you get to this understanding, you will never be able to overcome. You'll never be able to walk in victory. You'll, you'll never be able to walk in peace. You'll never have God being able to do what He wants to do in your life. It was illogical for a lot of things that my wife and I have gone through and, and our beliefs. It's illogical for my son to be standing with us right now. Illogical. The enemy tried to take our son. Miracle baby. Tried to take him from the womb. Seven months pregnant. Three, three, three months pregnant. Trying to steal Daniel from us. All logic would say normal. Illogic is to believe his word stand in faith and because we determined to follow the illogical now I have a son that not only is playing but he created that video I have a second son that's back there working the lights miracles both of them it's not logical but it's true I ask you to believe in this illogical love. All I ask, not by my words, but His. Trust Him. Let this thing happen. Let it unfold. God's not trying to hide anything from me. He's not trying to, to make it complicated. He's wanting you just to walk this thing out. Now there's going to be interference. There's going to be people. There's going to be opinions. There's going to be views. There's going to be doctrines. There's all kinds of messes out there. Get around some people that, that have fruit of being in this love for a while. They'll help you. They'll help you. Don't put all your trust in, in people. Trust Him. It won't lead you astray. It's going to be hard walk because it's hard to understand this love. But it's true. It's true. Many of you in here, you believe in the love, but understand my journey and you understand yours. And thank God you continue. Some of you, 
You've been distanced from the Lord. Some of you out there, you're, you, 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 it's been a while. You're doing your thing. You're like that prodigal son. You, you play in the world, playing life out there and, and, and thinking that I'm going to be able to get both the best of both worlds. But ultimately, you know, you ain't getting this part of the world. That part of the world's sucking you in. There are people in here. It's Easter. People go to church on Easter. Week before, week after, you sometimes don't see them anymore. Why? It's the religion. It's the lack of understanding of this illogical love. See, it's the illogical love that, that compels me to come to church when all week, all week long I don't deserve to go to church. But see, that illogical love says, come on, boy. Come on, son. Yeah, you messed up all week, but hey, I ain't looking at your past. I'm looking at your future. But it starts today. You might not know Jesus. You might not know Jesus in here. You might know Jesus out there. Hey, it's not hard to get a part of his family. Believe. Just believe in him. You call in the name of Jesus right now, you will be saved. That's it. Not only if you get water baptized. Feel the Holy Spirit ever speaking in other tongues. Join a Bible club. Go through a discipleship course. Memorize scripture. No, nada, none of that. You call in the name of Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. I'm asking you to do that. Out there in here, it's time to get busy with this resurrection. Correct. Amen. Time to get hold of this illogical love and run with it. Amen. Because it's a good thing to have. The understanding of a love that'll never leave you nor forsake you. A love that's for you, not against you. A love that's saying, yeah, you fell down, get back up, let's go, let's go, let's move on. Everybody bow your heads, everybody out there, pay attention to what I'm about to say. If you've not received Jesus, here's your opportunity. If you've been away from Jesus, here's your opportunity to get back. And if you love Jesus and all good, well, let's keep moving on this, this journey together. But those out there right now, you never received Jesus, say this with me. Say, Jesus, I ask you right now, I need the life change. I want this illogical love. I receive. Jesus, I receive you right now in my life. And I say right now, I believe and I receive. Jesus the Christ. Thank you, Lord, for hearing me. For those out there, you've gotten away from Jesus, turn to him right now and say this with me. Father, here I am. I received Jesus. Now I'm turning to you. And according to your word, you're running to me. So I receive your hugs right now. And you're receiving me right now. My sins are washed away. And I am clean. Thank you, Jesus. I'm starting a new path. Committed to you. In Jesus' name. 
If you prayed any one of those prayers first time, can you lift your hands up in the air? I have something for you. If you prayed out there, I'd like you to contact us. You can contact us and I'll send you something. Other than that, click that button and say, hey, I received the Lord. I love you guys. I'm glad y'all showed up today and listen, let's take this love from here to there. Amen. Let's walk in this illogical love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Love you guys. Happy Easter. See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.